0: Welcome back to One Winning Pod, where we finally have our Thursday night game of the year. Short turnaround for both teams to be able to prepare for a divisional opponent, a game that I think many people had marked on the calendar as must-see TV. The Bengals coming to M&T Bank Stadium, coming off an unfortunate loss for them uh, that's kind of making their fans go into a tailspin and talk about it. We got Justin here, our favorite uh, Bengals guest to
1: let us know what's going on in Bengals country yeah very very happy to be back for number nine maybe eight nine ten appearances i don't know ran out of yeah. ran out of space to count there you go yeah we have the playoff <laughs> games that doesn't uh
0: you know hurt your uh total so wow. definitely always enjoy having you on and, and hearing your analysis so let's just start off man like where are you guys what is the head at after losing to Houston uh, 30 to 27? Couldn't quite pull off the comeback.
1: In, in my head, I, I kind of feel like Cincinnati looked past Houston a little bit, which was easy to do because it's the Texans. But Stroud is showing that he's clearly legit. Um, it, it looked to me, I, I, I'm not ready to, to give up yet. It looked like a good team having a bad day and not having a a proper game plan for a rookie quarterback, which, in my experience with the Bengals, seems to always happen. They let Lamar Jackson do it on his rookie debut, and um, Mike White against the Jets. So I wasn't surprised, when, honestly, when C.J. Stroud came out and just kind of picked apart the defense. They are a preparation D that needs more game tape than Stroud probably could provide. They pulled off uh, a couple of good turnovers, um, but then the Texans did the same to joe burrow and and it just you know last second field goal it's like dang, you're definitely right, man. We were just actually talking about this before
2: about Stroud, and uh how seemingly tons of people are you know just kicking themselves with the conversation about you know do you draft Stroud or or young uh first of all with the you know and all their fancy drafts and things like that, and everyone seemed like overlooked Stroud. Um, and now, uh, you know, a couple of games in at this point, I mean, over half a season, basically, um, you know, Stroud definitely looks legit. Um, he's had some good, really good games against some good opponents. And, uh, you know, clearly, you know, even though the Bengals game was, was a close one, I mean, it's a good win. Nevertheless, I mean, puts up tons of stats and, and, and looks fantastic. So, um, you know, if, if I were a Bengals fan too, like I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider this loss like, uh, you know, the Ravens losing the Colts or something earlier, where it's like, that was a bad loss against a bad team. <laughs> bad team. Like, the Texans are not a bad team. Um, you know, even, I mean, we played them week one, and I remember, uh, you know, we were surprised, I think, at just uh, how good their defense was playing. Uh, looking at the roster, and we were like, oh, yeah, they got nobody. Um, they're They're a pretty well-coached team. I think they're going to do some damage this year. So, no shame in that.
1: So I didn't realize you played the Texans right before the last Bengals-Ravens game, and now we played the Texans yeah. before this one. Is that oh. – didn't realize that was, yep. that was happening, but okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, we got the Bengals – or uh, rather, we got Houston at a better time. Uh, you know, Stroud was still getting acclimated. Um, you know, Some of their younger guys getting ramped up, but now they, they really look like an actual playoff contender potentially. I mean, the AFC so stacked.
1: Yeah, they they might sneak in. The Jags the Jags are kinda waffling a bit, it seems like.
3: Yeah, the the AFC South is looking like it might be might be wide open right now. But um that yeah, that is interesting. I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, Cincinnati uh got Houston right before playing Baltimore again. Um and I have in our notes, you know, it, you look at this matchup between these two teams, you could kind of subtitle it through the looking glass. I mean Both these teams are coming in. Uh, There's a lot of parallels. Um, You know, Cincinnati did not have their best game against Houston, but let's not let that overshadow a a four-game win streak that you guys had on where you looked very good, just like, you know, the Ravens themselves were on a four-game win streak coming into what would eventually be a loss to the Browns. Um, The defense, I guess, is what we'll start at with talking with the Bengals, because that is a, a really that was a really glaring hole against Houston. I mean, you look at this win streak. You guys held Seattle to 13 points. Um, you held San Francisco in check. Probably a lot of people saw that Sunday night game against Buffalo um, that the Bengals, you know, they won, you guys only won by six, but that game wasn't, wasn't as close as that final score indicates. But then you, come, you see what happens with Houston. Um, we have a stat here from uh, uh, Nate Tice put this out. Uh, yesterday after the game, apparently the Bengals surrendering 17 explosive plays against Houston, which was tied for the fourth most in an NFL game uh, since 2000. So a lot of big plays certainly didn't seem like the defense that uh, was able to keep the bills offense in check. Um, What do you think what happened in that game is indicative of things to come? Uh, Did the Texans expose something or is it just, like you said, maybe more of just, hey, this is the Texans, we've got the Ravens next week, kind of looking past the matchup.
1: Yeah, I don't want to make a whole lot of excuses, but there are like, I have a list of things they could have done differently that that went wrong, or that not could have done differently, but things that just happened. Uh, Like like number one, uh, Sam Hubbard was out on the defense. Um, I don't know if he'll be back for Baltimore this week or not. That's up in the air. Um, So that side of the line was... You know, was having some trouble, so they weren't able to get enough pressure on Stroud. Um, at least not as much as they normally would have, which gave him more time. And then um, I, I mentioned earlier the defense being, you know, needing to see on tape. Uh, the Texans stayed in zone, uh, or the Bengals stayed in zone D most of the time, and were just kind of challenging Stroud to find the holes, and he did. Uh, and part of it was a lack of tape. Like, you guys, like, if I said, what's Jamar Chase going to do against the nickel high zone? You guys could kind of, you know, you know what routes he will stem. But if we're like, what's Noah Brown going to do against a cover two shell? We're like, who? Uh, so I'm sure the defense was just like, who's, you know, and, and they let, you know, guys go by that they probably shouldn't have trying to pick which receiver. Like, they were paying way more attention to Robert Woods than they probably needed to. Um, so So I think... It's not indicative of things to come, but it is more indicative of a trend of the team that, um, you know, the 0-2 start, the 1-3 and 3 start, they're slow, they got to learn. Um, they're good at learning, but if they don't pick it up fast enough and, you know, you've got injuries slowing down other pieces of the defense, then um, you're just going to have that where it was a close game. You probably should have won, but in the end, you know, it took 30 seconds to get down into the field goal range and, and boot it through. So... I think they'll be more prepared against uh, against you this week on Thursday, but without Hubbard and Hendrickson will probably be out this week as well. Um, you know, I would, I would say you're probably going to also be looking at Lamar Jackson having plenty of time and I'm curious to see how the game plan shifts, but they lay, uh, leave me out of that loop.
0: <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> I will say, you know, we have our own issues. Um, Moses was a full participant in practice. It was a walkthrough today, so we'll see. He's been, um, on and off the injury report with like a shoulder issue. Stanley got rolled up on and had this knee issue that looked really scary, but then, uh, seems like it might just be day to day, but we'll see if he's available. So it makes our tackle situation vulnerable as well. So I think that's definitely a matchup to pay attention to is pass rush and Billy to get to Lamar Jackson and seeing how that impacts plays downfield. One thing we talked about last week is that we saw a lot of cover one looks from the Browns, but we didn't really attack the sidelines deep much um, because there was a lot of pressure and Lamar would look to try to create with his feet rather than you know go deep. Um, maybe that would be a point of emphasis, but you guys play a lot of cover two, so it might not be uh, on the table for this game. Another thing I wanted to talk about is like since we played you guys, you guys went five and one until this most recent loss uh with your only loss coming in a very uh kind of embarrassing game against the titans uh it was like (laughs) every other game you know decent win close win uh statement win against the 49ers uh good win in prime time against the bills but then this like weird titans like stinker um but that was still in the time when burrow was recovering from his injury i think now we're looking at a, a healthy burrow you look at the passing yards you know
1: yeah, that was definitely his last game. of It's it's not a hundred percent, and I was of the opinion at the time they should have just let him sit. Like, if you're going to lose twenty seven to three, why you don't need Burrow in there for that? I could do that, <laughs> uh, but so now that he's healthy, the risk. Uh, I mean, they're obviously you know it's the NFL. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some, but I don't foresee like another massive blowout like like could like could have happened. Um, I think it'll be a close one. Probably won't go for the 500-some uh, yards he did two years ago either. Like, we'll, we, won't, we won't go that high with the expectations, though. Yeah, for
0: sure. <laughs> Definitely helps to get that bye week right before the 49ers, too. I think that was a nice uh, way to kind of reset. You know, you had the, the Cardinals game, which, you know, Cardinals weren't that great, uh, but the tight Seahawks game and a good opportunity to you know, get healthy, reset, and, and like I said, you can really see a difference in the offense after the bye week uh, with the health of Burrow and, and just everything around it.
3: Yeah, I mean, Burrow, he he looks like a different quarterback now. I mean, he looks like he's back to the quarterback that we've seen the past couple years. Looks very confident uh, during the win streak. Um, What can't be said is that he has a fully healthy receiver room. Now, there was a lot of questions as to whether Jamar Chase would play in this game against Houston. He did play and and played pretty well. Um, But T. Higgins was not able to suit up short week um, we'll see what that happened what happens there, but uh, Tyler Boyd stepped up and played well in that game until there was that drop in the end zone uh, that kind of uh, put that in my
1: excuse list
3: yeah, exactly right um, and then you guys also have uh, tr- was that Trenton Irwin um, who yeah. looks like it, basically you know we put him and uh, Shaggy in the same room i am not sure if you can uh, give <laughs> do i don't know if you can tell the difference between the two of them, but uh so I mean you guys have some wide receiver depth whether or not um Higgins plays but um what are the reports right now looking at it? do you think Higgins suits up and if if not do you think it's going to be more you know just Boyd's the vet he'll he'll shake off or are they going to sneak in uh Irwin some
1: Yeah um the the Higgins injury concerns me the most because it happened in practice and it always seems like for whatever reason those are the worst um it is a hamstring um, it's nothing season ending, but I, I don't think he would want to push it for a short week. Uh, chase is, I'm, I'm certain he'll be back. His, it's just a deep bruise from, you know, jumping six feet in the air and landing flat on his back. Um, it hurts, but he's, he, he can grit through it. Uh, he played with the, uh, the hip injury a little bit last year that that ended up in a fracture so he he can play through pain and i think with this one as opposed to the hip one last year this is actually just pain it's just a really bad fall essentially um as far as the other receivers uh erwin's like a fan favorite i don't know if you guys know that but every bengals fan loves Mm -hmm. him just Because of that look. I mean, he doesn't look like a football player. And in fact, his very first career was an actor. Uh, He's from California, and he was in a bunch of commercials Mm. as a kid. Uh, His parents are actors, and he said, nah, I want to play football. Uh, And everyone loves him for that. Uh, One thing I would look out for is uh, the tight end room this week. I know a couple of years ago um, when we had Uzama, he hung a couple of, of big games on you guys where he would be the breakout player. And everyone else would kind of take a seat back. Uh, I know last year Hayden Hurst had a decent game. Uh, this year, the tight ends for the Bengals uh, losing Hurst to free agency. The, uh, the The tight end one they brought in was Herb Smith, who's okay when he's healthy, but there just hasn't been a lot of production from tight ends. Uh, I would anticipate maybe you know with with Chase being a maybe and with Higgins being out, or Chase not being 100%, rather. I mean, that we might get some looks in. Uh, Drew Sample had a touchdown against the Bills. Uh, Irv Smith uh, had one. Actually, that might have been against the Bills as well. But I, I would look for the tight ends to really get involved. Um, I, I, would, I, th- I think that's going to be the bread and butter uh, for just moving down the field at a, at a pace this week.
2: I'm so glad you brought that up Justin because that was about to be my question it was the tight end room one of the one of the things I, th- I think I, I yeah I had the Bengals this year for said division and I was definitely looking at that Haydenhurst um him going to the Panthers I was like yeah, it's gonna be huge um just knowing that you know I've sample's been a guy he's been there for a while um he brings a little bit to the table but he's not he's not a guy I guess you would really um, want to scheme around that much
1: yeah he's he's best yeah. as a sixth tackle. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but uh but yeah, I mean, you know, one thing we actually talked about last week with the Browns, um, you know, Ravens had a lot of trouble with Njoku. Um, and it wasn't because of air yards, it was entirely yak. Uh, Njoku was just running over guys. So um, you know, I, I I don't remember actually I don't remember if that's a part of samples game or part of Smith's game, but if there's an opportunity to kind of exploit that, um if I were the Bengals, I would I would take that shot. So
1: There's also Tanner Hudson. Uh, He was like a practice squad signing that ended up on the roster, and I would, I would put him as a tight end too right now, uh, like in Burroughs' progressions. Um, He probably has better hands than Irv Smith, a little faster. Uh, So we'll see. He might be the surprising one that all of a sudden you're just like, who?
3: Yeah, I mean, that is kind of what. That is one thing that I'm curious to see is a bit of an issue for this Ravens defense. It's just that like like you're saying none of those tight ends are guys that singularly, you know, feel like guys that you have to game plan for, but just the fact that you have so many out there like we said last episode, I don't know what the Browns did with Njoku was absolutely nothing special. It was screens, it was dump offs, it was you know, just he's it was at the line of scrimmage had some room to run and you know just the Ravens just couldn't wrap him up it was uh nothing that any any one of those tight ends that you guys have couldn't do so you know they'll look at that on tape hopefully that'll get shered up but I'm sure that on a short week Cincinnati will look at that and just be like hey you know we've this is something that we might be able to do if uh other stuff isn't working out just you know go to that last read and dump it off to those guys, which I think, you know, you guys have done a little bit. I think I've seen that in some of the highlights as of late with, with these guys.
1: Yeah. Some of it's just a mentality for Joe Burrow. Uh, He still likes to take the deep shots and um, you know, it that's fine sometimes, but we, we know when he needs to check it down and that's, it's just I don't know I won't I will say ego thing but you know but against the Ravens I I could see him just getting in the game of like get the yards get the win get the points go where it needs to go that's I think that'll be his mentality this week because for both teams this is kind of a do or die after the rough <laughs> rough weekend
0: totally is it's definitely uh, I mean, you guys would be five and five if you guys lost which is just like unbelievable going into the season I don't think anyone saw it playing out quite like that. Uh, and then the Ravens, of course, would probably, assuming that, you know, the Steelers have like a horseshoe up their butt and uh, the Browns, like one of them wins, they'd be behind <laughs> in the division. So it's definitely a, a moment where both teams have all the uh, motivation to win. No doubt about it. It's probably the highest leverage game of the whole season, frankly.
1: I am. I am hoping that that the AFC North will be the first team since the, ex, or the first uh, division since the expanded playoffs to get all their teams into the wild card spots it hasn't happened yet but this this would be the year
3: (laughs) yeah that would that would be interesting i I guess you really yeah with how bad the south and and the east have been yeah you're just you're just looking for the Chargers to fall off which doesn't feel like it's uh outside of possibility oh that's a
2: sure (laughs) bet that's a sure (laughs) bet (laughs) I don't think their
1: coach is gonna make it, make it past the year unless they do some kind of miracle turnaround. But
2: yeah,
3: that's a, ooh, not a good situation there. But um, shifting gears to the defense, one guy I did want to talk about um, who's who's been making some noise for you guys um since after the the last game between these two guys um is uh the cornerback you guys drafted. Uh, in the second round this year uh cam taylor Britt, if i have that correct
1: yes oh um, that was last year right
3: oh sorry he was picked last year gotcha gotcha yes yeah well i mean he's he's had an incredible last five weeks uh four interceptions um and including one against uh josh allen on that sunday night game i believe he, he almost had a touchdown against houston right
1: yeah, he uh had the run back all the way down to the three before someone tripped him up.
3: Yeah. Yeah, so he's really been a playmaker for you guys. Um he was not on my radar before the the game against us, so I did look back um to see what he did against the Ravens. He he did give up the big completion to uh to Zay Flowers in that game. Now, granted, looking back on the play, I think he had pretty good position. It was just and he had his arm almost uh Almost deflect the ball, but Lamar was able to get it in there. Um, did have two penalties as well. But um, yeah, I mean, it, from your reaction, it sounds like uh, you like what you've seen from this guy. So um, obviously he's doing playmaking. Um, what, Yeah, how, how's the past few weeks been, been for him? And should the Ravens uh, watch out for him?
1: Uh, I think so. Uh, when you were saying, I want there's one player I want to talk about in the defense. In my head, I was like, it's got to be Cam Taylor Britt, because um, <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't picked to be a starter, even though he was second round. He was um, last year. Uh, he didn't he didn't really play because uh, he was uh, behind in the depth chart. Uh, but this year, finally, uh, he he did play because of injuries a bit last year, but finally getting a chance to just be a full bore starter this year. Um, one of my buddies is a Nebraska fan, and so he's all like, he's been talking him up since we since we drafted him, and he's he finally finally pulled it out this year. Had uh, several good interceptions so far. Uh, his open field tackling uh, has also been pretty top notch. I mean. He's a little cornerback. Sometimes you're just going to get trucked over. But uh, for the most part, he can, he can take people down one-on-one. Um, it's, it's one of those pleasant surprises. You know, you get a cornerback in the second round. You, you hope he'll pan out. And, and this one, it's like, yes, finally nailed. Mm-hmm. Nailed a second-round pick here. And that's you know, it, good since our starter last year was Eli Apple. Um, you know he's not even on the team anymore this year, luckily. So it's after seeing seeing a couple years of, of that at the cornerback slot. You know we had for a few years out there, um, uh, William Jackson, and um, uh, just just a slew of guys who who played their rookie contracts out mediocrely and then left. And finally, it's like good, we got a we got a ball hawk. That's what we've been looking for.
0: Yeah, Justin, I got some other questions about the secondary group. I think it's a, a very interesting. Uh, matchup going into the game. Awuzie is a little banged up. Didn't get a full uh, repertoire of snaps in the last game. We saw more of DJ Turner and Mike Hilton playing. Um, kind of curious what the early returns are on DJ Turner and how Mike Hilton's been shaping up since uh, you know he joined the team.
1: Yeah, Hilton was, was one of those um, unexpected additions. He came over from the Steelers last year. Mm-hmm. Um, or was it the year before? Uh, anyway, but he's, he's like a solid, uh, just a solid tackler. Uh, he'll He's not a ball hawk as much as some of the other guys. He'll get interceptions, but he's more of a, just a bruising tackler. He'll step up and stop the run. He'll knock the slot receiver coming across the middle. Um, he's like um, uh, some of the players that we were missing. Like for a while, uh, Sean Williams before Jesse Bates was back there, and that was kind of his role. And that's what Mike Hilton stepped up as, just the, the, the more of a bruising uh, defensive back, and then uh, DJ Turner. That's another one that was like a question mark in training camp. Not really expected to do much, but just had flashes in camp, and then he's been getting plays. Uh, not not starting, but getting quite a lot of play time uh, in the defense more so than I expected. And that pass breakup that uh, the the big one against the Texans that you were talking about in the fourth quarter that was, you know, kind of got my eyebrows raised. Um, so he's you know Hilton's the older one out of all those I think he's the oldest uh on the team now or not on the team on the defensive backfield now uh the oldest one. So there's a lot of young guys which which kind of makes it that's kind of was some of the problem with CJ Stroud uh picking him apart was they just you know that they don't quite have the career to to play zone the whole game like that, but the the youth leads me more towards next year. I think we'll have some good matchups next year. This week, um, I, I don't think they're going to be too different than they were against the first game. I forget Lamar's exact stat lines, um, but they're. I, I think they're going to focus more on clamping receivers down as opposed and as as opposed to just trying to to play the 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 cute little zone game.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting. I know um, Raven's been trying to figure out how to get Zay Flowers a little bit more involved um, like he was in the first couple of weeks. Um, this might be a good matchup for him to kind of bounce back. Obviously, he had a fairly big game the first time against you guys. But, um, I mean, his footwork, I think, is just incredible. Um, against the Browns, I know he had that one um, He had that one catch where, uh, I mean, he just kind of like made a couple of moves and just got guys off of him really quickly and just able to find some space. Now, he didn't break anything big. But when you're talking about converting first downs, like, I mean, just those little extra moves to be able to pick up an extra, extra couple yards, um, pretty huge. So, um, you know, Ravens are definitely looking for more from the passing game. I think it's it's kind of feast or famine sometimes. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I feel like we've gotten a lot more. Um, I feel like we've got, I feel like we haven't had as much success, um, you know, in the last couple of games recently, I think. Um, just against guys beating their mans consistently. Um, it'll definitely be interesting with just the defensive ends that are gonna be out on the Bengals, uh, pass rush will be a little bit of less of a concern. So I'm I'm if I'm the Ravens, I'm looking forward to the matchup here. I think they might have a opportunity to kind of get their pass game back on track.
1: Yeah, the the extra time that I'm sure Lamar will have without Hendrickson and Hubbard, it's man, that'll be a luxury.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's funny what... <laughs> If you, guys, if you guys remember me waving and saying, giving fist bump when I, when I heard that Sam Hubbard was going to be out, had nothing to do with pass rush entirely to do with now we can't have a fumble recovery for a touchdown anymore. So good to, I'm so uh, happy.
1: That's, that's the memory like that, that name you're going to be 80 years old and you'll hear the word Hubbard and you'd be like, don't say that. Yeah. Never. Oh, man.
3: yeah. Unless another play uh, erases it. Cause I, I thought, you know, now when we, we think of, of, uh, plays that we definitely don't want to remember with the Bengals. it used to be boyd boyd was the one that came to mind now
1: yeah i gotta think to remember that green did that take over (laughs) did that take over boyd or did it just add to the to the pile
3: (laughs) that's a good question yeah i think i think it uh i think it took over because um just because that one was was uh, a playoff win and for whatever reason. Um, I know for myself, I started to get some hope. I had turned off my emotions. It was just like, you know, we're just in the playoffs. That's fine. That's great. Lamar's there. We're not going to do anything. Huntley had that scramble. She started having some hope, and then it was just just crushed right there.
1: I was I was glued to the TV looking for a flag. Like, I didn't want to celebrate. <laughs> I was just like, there's no yellow. There's no yellow. That's how it goes. Yep. <laughs> I think, you know, one thing we kind of –
0: skipped over a little bit when talking about the offense though is that your offensive line seems to be doing better than the last time we checked in with you guys seems like you're playing at a higher level and I think this is a game that both quarterbacks would love to have some time in the pocket like any other quarterback but could be won and lost by by pressure
1: yeah the the offensive line uh struggled the first couple weeks like they did the year before every, and I think that was year, <laughs> yeah every year i think that was again just they didn't play them during the preseason and because joe burrow was hurt again during training camp they just didn't they didn't click right uh they didn't have the timing down they didn't they didn't know each other as well right like you know the guy next to you what he's gonna do and who he might need help with what he's gonna miss and they're finally picking all that up Uh, sacks still happen uh, I think uh, Sheldon Rankins got to Burrow two or three times, um, you know. So big boys are still going to be big boys, but now, now we've got at least a starting point to, you know, Burrow can take a few seconds, get a look downfield, do what he needs to do, and and it's not a panic mode instantly anymore.
0: So, uh, as our guest Justin, we love to go into our bold predictions and, and see what you have first. Uh, you're you have a pretty decent history on the show of uh, your bold predictions and score predictions. So, uh, my, my score
1: predictions have been shockingly close a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, the bold predictions I go a little too bold, but that's the point, right? That's right. All right. So, you guys all know I I almost always pick the Ravens, um, and and you know the the Ravens have it on paper, and me being a Pessimistic Bengals fan would say, i us pick the Ravens." But you know what? Today's different. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Bengals this week, right? First time I'm gonna pick them as the as the underdog. I'm gonna say Burrow comes out, throws a bunch of passes, the defense figures out a way to confound Lamar Jackson, and the Bengals win thirty to thirteen. Mm. Whoa.
0: I'd be major depresso, man.
1: You can't do well, that to a
0: bunch of
2: people leaving a stadium late at night. <laughs> <laughs> Thursday night road team doing thirty to thirteen.
1: Wow. Well, I figure my if if I keep giving the typical twenty seven twenty four score that always seems to happen, it will happen again. So I'm gonna go way out there. <laughs> Try and, and for the it. bold prediction, <laughs> the bold prediction, I am going to say that. Um, Andre Sovas, the Bengals' fourth round wide receiver, has 100 yards receiving and a touchdown.
2: Oh, oh wow. I like it. I got to figure out how to spell his name so I can write this down here
1: I O S I V A S. He's a rookie out of yeah. Princeton. He was on their track team, so he's just really fast. Uh, he's had oh, a couple of touchdowns three times this year. The broadcast. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know he started to flash and I never actually heard the name pronounced. So like um appreciate that, Justin.
1: <laughs> oh, you're welcome. I think I think uh he would be he's like the Bengals Puka Nakua. You know just a, <laughs> a fun, speedy little guy, a draft pick in the later rounds that you didn't know what was gonna happen and everyone everyone's having fun with him.
3: All right. I'll go next. Um Bowl prediction, you know. We talked about how last week we really felt that that was a matchup that the Ravens needed to get Mark Andrews the ball. He always does well against Cleveland. Just didn't really happen. Uh, I feel like in a a game, short turnaround, you're going to go to the vet guy who's been there a lot. I'm going to say he's going to have 10-plus catches, 100-plus yards, and a touchdown. It's going to be a monster game for Mark Andrews against Cincinnati. As far as the game goes, really want the Ravens to win, obviously. I really want them to win. One thing that does give me pause about this game is I think that the Bengals are going to be slightly more desperate just because um, you know the Ravens are at a slightly better position um, in the standings. Still have the bye week to come to, so the Bengals are slightly more rested. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to pick Cincinnati to win 31-27. to That's my uh, prediction for the game, and I hope I'm incorrect there.
2: Alec, do you want to go?
0: Sure. That's depressing, my friend. Depressing to hear that, Peter, but I understand it entirely. So if you, at, if you look at Vegas, they have his favorite three and a half points, over under a 46. And I look at that, and I start squinting at it, and I think about it. And I'm like, man, is that, is that right? I don't know. But I'm going to go ahead and say the Ravens win. Gonna win off the foot of Justin Tucker. It's gonna be one of those games and uh he'll give uh he'll give the you know the town something to cheer about. He'll be uh, you know, lifted up, carried into the locker room, you know, probably giving the lion's spike. <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and say we repeat the score from earlier in the year. Twenty seven twenty four Ravens and uh game winning field goal for Dustin uh, Tucker
2: I am not gonna pick the Bengals to win um, I feel I've I've tried that before I feel like early in the season just like mixed results um, I'm gonna pick the Ravens and win this one I have a hard time thinking about just like a th- if it were a Sunday game I, I could understand that but Thursday night like um, I think it's gonna be tricky for the Bengals to come out I just it doesn't work well in the visiting team's favor Um that said, um, Ravens also have a sore taste in their mouth. Um, I, I'm i really looking forward to the defense on uh, on Thursday night. So I'm going to say, I'm going to go with my bull prediction first. I think, uh, I'm actually looking at the stats now. Um, last week against Houston was the first multiple interception game from Burrow. I'm going to say they get another two. Uh, you can split it up. Gino Hamilton, Gino Williams maybe, it uh, doesn't matter. But I'm going to say they get another two picks off Burrow and uh, I, I feel like I, I want it to be close, but honestly, I feel like it could be one of those games and maybe get a late touchdown, and it might uh, it might split away a little bit. So I'm going to say the Ravens win 34-24.
3: Quick stat before we go. The Ravens have only lost on Thursday night football as the home team once at least according to StatMuse. That was on October 21st, 1999, which I didn't even know they played Thursday night games then, so I'm not sure if that is <laughs> accurate. But apparently on that game, the Ravens lost to Kansas City 35-8, to which is not a game Ooh. that I remember. So I'll <laughs> we'll have to double-check that. But if the Ravens have lost at home on Thursday night football, it has been uh, quite some time.
1: Not this century, apparently.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> According yeah, according to Pro Football Reference, it was a Thursday. This is taking on a life of its own. I gotta research. Why was
1: this game on a Thursday? (laughs) That's trying to think was that wouldn't have been like the opening game of the season. No, it's middle of October.
3: Middle of October. Thursday night game. Well
1: well
3: in
2: nineteen ninety nine. Well, according to this article from the Baltimore Sun from twenty seventeen they at that time they had a six and three record four and or sorry, five and oh, and MT Bank. So we've got uh, what six seasons in between that? So hey, you don't have to look through six seasons now, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to the good game. I think it's going to be a good one for sure. Um, yeah, excited to definitely be at this one. Uh, I man, just uh, even even that uh, was it the Sunday night game last year, also against the Bengals? That was also a really, really good one. That was a close game, too, but great atmosphere love seeing the bank at night uh, it's a it's a really great time
1: are you guys going to this one
2: we are uh, yeah all of us
3: are are going to be there all right yeah it's going to be a, it's going to be a
0: great time this is a this is when we bring out all the stops for the tailgate although i must say i think this year we've been <laughs> really hitting on all, all cylinders uh very proud of the group solid group uh but uh we we, we, we do an extra flex for for prime time about it. <laughs> Well, Justin, as always, a pleasure to have you on. Great to hear more about uh, our biggest rival, honestly, in the division at this point. And, uh, you know, thanks again for joining us. We always
1: appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to the game for sure.
0: Make sure to catch up with you, and uh, make sure to leave in the comments, either on Twitter or on YouTube, what you thought about uh, this game, what are your concerns, what are your bold predictions? We'd love to hear it. You can find us at well Pod anywhere you uh, anywhere you search so we'll talk to you later in the week go ravens